Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. everybody. This is Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world's shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. Today's guest is Jessica Yingling of Little Dog Communications. Little Dog is a one-stop shop for biotech companies that need some public relations punch. Press releases, investor investor presentations, social media strategy, Little Dog handles it all, and much more. I'm interested to hear about Jessica's transition from worker bee to entrepreneur, her interest in public relations, and her future plans. Let's bring her in right now. Hi. Hi, Hi Neil. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yes, no no problem. Thanks for making time for us today. So first question, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, that's a very good question. I was always very good at math and science, so I kind of got routed into an engineering path. And so when I actually grew up a little bit more and I went to college, I remember sitting in chemical engineering 201, and the teacher was saying, this year we're going to calculate flow through a pipe with assumptions, and then next year without assumptions. And she was pretty excited about that, and then I realized I was not excited about figuring that out. And so I thought a little <laughs> okay. bit more. <laughs> I thought a little bit about what did I want to be figuring out and what did I want to be learning, and I realized that I wanted to understand why my mom had cancer. And so my mom had cancer when I was 12. Um, she had Hodgkin's lymphoma. She's still with us, so, you know, it's a great story. But, you know, that started me on this path of, of biology, biology research, understanding, you know, why things occur, um, and I ended up getting my my PhD in biomedical sciences. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's pretty interesting. Well, we have we definitely have the a cancer story in common. My mother was diagnosed with colon cancer a few years ago. She's been, I think, well, she is in remission now. She's she's still around, still ticking. She's she's doing well, a lot better. They removed. You know, quite a bit of her colon. So, but but yeah, she's she's doing pretty. She's doing well now. Uh, out of curiosity, what was your first job when you finished your PhD program in biomedical sciences? What did you do as your first job out out of college? You know, that's a that's another great question. So when I was in college, 
I knew that I didn't want to go on in research. I really enjoyed talking about the science, but not necessarily doing it. <laughs> okay. So during during my last year, I did a lot of exploration of different jobs or opportunities or things. So I taught at a community college, um, and I also networked and started working part-time at a public relations and investor relations agency that only worked with biotech companies. So I was really lucky in that my first job after my PhD was basically transitioning into PR and communications. Interesting. Wow. Oh, I, I did not did not know that. Wow, community college. Huh? What did you teach? I taught I taught intro to biology. I think my favorite story from that was I told everyone, actually one of my students asked me if I spoke Spanish, and I said, no, I speak biology. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it seems like from at least up until this point, you, you went through a couple of things. You, you eventually figured out what you wanted to do. Chemical engineering wasn't for you. You weren't too interested in, in what happens in a pipe, it seems. And then also, you know, working as a, in, in the community college wasn't, you know, up to your speed, so you eventually found a job. In, in PR at a at a firm, well, eventually uh, you did leave that firm and you went to work for yourself. What motivated you to become self-employed? You know, actually there was a couple, there was a step in between. So I actually left the agency um, and I, I worked at a research, I worked at Scripps Research Institute. And then from there I went in-house at Faith Therapeutics and I okay. was director of corporate communications. Um, so I, I had the, the big agency experience. I had the in-house company experience. Um, and after about a couple of years, um, I was, you know, one of the first employees at Fate. So I helped build up the brand and the messaging and the PR and kind of all, all of all of that around that company. Um, mm -hmm. So after a couple of years, I was actually part of a layoff. Um, it was 30% of the company. Um, the nice thing about it, 30% of the company, yeah. Oh, wow, damn. <laughs> yeah, it was a big chunk. But it it opened the opportunity to start doing what I do on my own. Um, so the chairman of that company was chairman of another company, and he, you know, needed some help, and it just became an opportunity to continue working um, and I thought, wow, this is this is really interesting that I could, you know, do this on my own. So that was basically when Little Dog was born, and that was um, February 2011. So a little over five oh. years ago. Okay. So when you, well, unfortunately, when you lost the job at Faith Therapeutics, luckily you, you were able to find because a, a freelance job doing the work for that the chairman of that company. Did it ever occur to you to look for another job, or once you did that that freelance work, you decided, you know what, I'm going to go off on my own. I don't want to be an employee anymore. You know, that was that's a very good question. You know, it was definitely a case of when the door closes, a window opens, and looking for the opportunity in it. The first year or so, it was um, it was difficult. You know, you're you're trying to put together your business, you're trying to get more clients. Um, so I definitely entertained the the opportunity um, to look for other jobs and see if those were fits. 
but at the end of the day, the business kept growing and growing in a way that became sustainable. So it didn't it didn't make much sense to to then kind of walk away from the job, the job or oh, you know, yeah. walk away from the business and take a job offer. Yeah, I, I, I get that. A lot of there's people a, that have. So go ahead. There's also a second reason, and one of the things is that I really like about um, being external in the in the role that I have is you know there is a lot of freedom and there's freedom of opinion and there's freedom of action. Um, and so, you know, I feel like I can do my best work as an outside agency or consultant for my clients. Plus, there's a lot of opportunity uh, because a lot of the littler companies or the little dogs in, in biotech, you know, they don't necessarily need a full-time in-house person. So, you know, we can act as that for them um, in these stages. And then, you know, as they grow up, and they do bring in in-house people, you know, we can continue to work with them as they mature. Okay, yeah, that, that all makes a lot of sense. And just like you said, if you're, you're working at a, you start your own business, it becomes sustainable, then why even bother going back to, to working in corporate America, right? And that's, that's kind of the, the path that you took. A lot of people, when they are even considering going into business for themselves, or even some people that are in business for themselves right now, they have to get past the fear of, of leaving corporate America. I know that, at least in your case, you kind of, you leaving corporate America wasn't exactly voluntary, but eventually you had to, even when you started Little Dogs, you still had to get, I'm assuming you had to get past the fear of just being on your own and, you know, not having a corporate backer to, to, your, to you and your business. How did you get, if, did you have this type of fear? And, and if so, how did you get past it? Yes, that's a good question. I don't know if it was fear or if it just manifested itself as stress and anxiety of how to pay the bills, right? So um, I I think that I've always been very um, creative in finding projects, and I've been very lucky to have a great network of referrals. So... You know, I wrote I wrote websites. I wrote content for biomedical reports. Um, I was out there networking, and and I'm also really lucky in that I have a supportive partner in it. So you know, he was there to kind of <laughs> do bridge funding or to get us through the rough spots. Um, you know, I think being an entrepreneur, you have to have a support system, whatever that may be, whether that be um, through a partner, through savings, through um, having maybe a second job, um, but you you have to be able to have those things because it it does take a little bit longer sometimes to get the business up and running. But once you get over that hump, you know normally things start flowing in, in the right direction. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's some validity to that. You know, a lot of people that are considering going into business for themselves, they they keep themselves from doing it because you know, the job that they currently have, they think that that's some sort of security. But even in your in your example, there, there wasn't any security. It was a layoff, and then all of a sudden you're you're out of a job. But now as a as an entrepreneur, you, you always have a job. You're the, the founder of Little Dog Communications. You, you always have that in your back pocket. You always have that ability to go out and, and find business. You're, you're, you're recession-proof. That's, that's, that's essentially what, you, what, you, what you've become. Right, or you know, or your layoff proof because the, you, it's your company. There's no one to lay you off. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So so tell me a little bit more about little dog communications. What exactly do you do for your clients? Yeah, so what we do for our clients is a lot around public relations and how they communicate to their different stakeholders. So every company has a a public presence and they're maybe communicating to investors or partners. Um, But to do that, you have to maybe get a reporter interested in the story. So you have to have news flow, you have to have a website, you have to have an investor presentation. So we work on all of those things, and we we think about the story, we think about the strategy, and then we think about the tactics. So, um, you know, what's the best way to get your message out? And we do all of the execution around that, whether it be setting up social media or pitching reporters or writing editorials. Um, The one distinguishing thing about our team is that both of us have uh, PhDs in biomedical sciences, so we can talk science and we can translate science to all of, you know, the different stakeholders or the different audiences, you know, whether that be, again, investors, patients, the media, partners, um, employees are also another stakeholder. It, it, it's a lot to think about, but, but then how you pull together each of those pieces um, really makes a difference. You mentioned earlier that you get a lot of your business through referrals. Do you do any marketing of your business at all? I don't do any straight outright marketing. As you um, remember, I did maybe a blog post here or there for San Diego Business Journal, or I'll do um, a contributed piece for San Diego Magazine. Um, But those are things that I really love to do. It's more sharing with the community. So everything has mostly been word of mouth or referrals from either um, current clients, former clients, board members. Um, It's really great to have such a wonderful network and and people that appreciate the work that we do. That's that's pretty excellent. I mean, I would think that maybe after getting past the fear of leaving a corporate job to start your own business, the second issue that would-be entrepreneurs or even current entrepreneurs have is just finding clients. You know, how do you do it? But luckily for you, you have a a pretty robust referral network to to draw you know clients from. So that's that's excellent. One question that I wanted to ask earlier, but I forgot to, was you mentioned that you got a PhD in biomedical sciences and that you didn't want to go into research. From from at least the the experience that I have, most PhDs once they finish, even when they're doing their their doctoral studies. The goal is always to to get into research and really what they can do with a degree after their PhD studies is over is not really told to them at the time. They have to kind of figure it out after they they graduate or shortly before they graduate. You eventually went into into PR. Is that an an idea that you had before you graduated or is that something you kind of had to figure out afterwards? And after you answer that question, I'd just be curious, if you know there are people out there that are PhDs in graduate school or pe- people that are just graduate with PhDs, what kind of options do they have for them if they don't want to go into research? Again, yes, excellent questions. So I I was trying to figure out before I graduated, and I I did a lot of exploration as I mentioned. So I did teaching, um, you know, I was just talking to people. The best thing that anyone can do if they don't know 
you know, whether they have a PhD or not, but whether it, if they're trying to figure out a career path is informational interviewing. And it's one of the things that I actually do a lot because, you know, I do have more of a non-traditional path. Um, so people will connect me with someone who might be graduating soon or has graduated or even if they're doing their postdoc and just talk to me about how I got where I got, um, what are some skill sets you can pick up, and how do you make the transition, and how do you figure out if that career path is right for you. So when I was doing it, I just talked to a lot of people. It was, you know, almost every job and every client I've gotten is through networking. Um, and oh. I, I think I... Oh, and then I think more and more, you know, there's definitely... When I started graduate school, it's the same conversation that they're having now is that graduate schools are pushing through so much, so many doctoral students, but yet there's not enough academic jobs. And I think graduate schools nowadays have gotten really good at it. In fact, the UCSD Postdoctoral Association um, does a conference every year, and it's now a full-day conference where you can go to different panels and you can, you can talk about regulatory, you can talk about clinical trials, um, patent lawyers or patent agents, communications, you know, there's just a lot of different options. I like to think of the PhD as, um, you know, a more in-depth degree. It's, you know, we're learning a language, we're learning how to think, we're learning almost like a trade, and uh, and then you kind of got to figure out, well, what are you going to do with that with that degree? You know, just for a bit of background on myself, I started a PhD program, but I never finished it. I dropped out after a year. And all the jobs that I've done since then didn't really require it, so I never really felt any kind of, of you know, sadness over you know leaving the program. Although I have come across a number of, of PhD graduates, you know, people with their with their PhDs, who are working in jobs that that didn't really require them per se, and so they're a bit, I guess, bigger over you know going through you know five you know, four, five, six years of doctoral study to then work in a field that didn't require the PhD at all. Do you come across people like that? And, and if so, I mean, it, it sounds like even even if you, you do have a PhD, I mean, there are, there are definitely options for you to, to go down. So, I mean, it, so maybe my, my thinking wasn't the right one and thinking that it was a waste. You, you don't think that your PhD, getting a PhD for you was a waste, do you? No, absolutely not. Um, I I definitely had considered leaving it, leaving the program. Um, but when I finished, I was just so glad I, it was over. Uh, I I wouldn't take back any of that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. You can look at it either either way. I guess. So for people out there that are contemplating going to business for themselves, they have an idea. They've been kicking it around for a while. Maybe they're working at a corporate job and they kind of they give, are, you know, really itching to, to push this idea or put this idea into practice and go into business for themselves. What advice would you have for those people? I think the biggest thing is to surround yourself with a good network. And, Neil, I think you've mentioned this before. You've got to have people around you that are going through some of the similar things. And you also need people that you can rely on um, for expertise. So for example, um, you know, there's just a lot of things that you need to set up for your business to help you be successful. It's not just selling the business and doing the business, but you've also got to have accounting and 
bookkeeping and taxes and insurance and, you know, an employment lawyer. Um, you know, I went through this whole thing of setting up a 401k and um, there's a lot to learn and it, it's fun. I think it's interesting because you're just trying to solve a problem and you're trying to get your business set up and you're, you know, trying to protect your business. Um, but if you don't have people that can help you, you could spend a lot of time trying to figure it out yourself and, you know, that that's time better spent, you know, working on your client work or getting new business. So I have a, a great referral network of people that I think do great work. So if anyone ever needs any suggestions on that, I'm, I'm more than happy to share the people um, that help support me as well. Yeah, you know, that's, those are interesting points that you're bringing up. I think a lot of times, especially when people are starting out, if they're they're low on low on cash, you know, the cash flow isn't really coming in initially. Just like you said, you have to get past that initial hump to finally kind of meet some sort of equilibrium or at least a, an upward traject, trajectory. So a lot of times entrepreneurs want to take on everything on their own. And a lot of times it's, it works out to be cheaper if you were to hire the bookkeeper, the the accountant, you know, all these other people to, to handle things for you. So you can focus on actually what's, make, what's supposed to make the money, which is your actual idea, your actual business. So I, I think those are, are really good points. The... So for Little Dog Communications, you've been around for five years. Things are going well. You know, you're getting referral business, and the referral business is getting you more referrals and, and so on and so on. What are your future plans for Little Dog Communications? You know, Neil, that's something I've been thinking about for a while. So when I first started Little Dog Communications, I had very specific goals. And, you know, one of those goals was to make it five years. <laughs> Which has been congratulations on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, you know, at this point, we're just enjoying our day-to-day life. Um, We're a little bit focusing on the here and now. Um, Sometimes, when you reach a goal, um, it's good to just celebrate that goal instead of just pushing back the goal again and being like, "Okay, well, you've reached that goal now. Get another goal." Um, You know, we're again, we're enjoying what we're doing day to day. We love our clients. Um, We love know, kind of the ups and downs and figuring out the problems and, you know, just growing with our clients and growing with the industry. So we haven't really set any specific goals other than to just continue doing awesome and having fun. And you said the company includes yourself and and another person? Yes. um, I have an account executive. Her name's Peggy Vorwald. Okay. What's her job? Oh, yeah. So as an account executive, um, she she manages a lot of the day-to-day, um, puts together media monitoring, um, media contacts. She she manages some of the social media accounts. Um, she's been doing it about a year, but she, again, she also has a PhD. And so, you know, we have like a two-tier level, which is nice, you know, on your billing or, or on your accounts to not be to have, you know, two different people working on things as well as having two different hourly rates. Um, that helps with our budgets and um, helps us be most efficient. I forgot to mention we also have a, a part-time little dog person, and she does our graphics and websites. Um, and she's over, she has also has her own separate business, um, but she works with us and collaborates on a number of items as well. 
Okay, well, the face of the two and a half, I guess, two and a half people <laughs> at Little Dog Communication. Yeah, any, and then we any, have an... Oh, go ahead. And then we have, like, what we like to call an army of consultants. So we have photographers, videographers, um, you know, anything that needs to be done around PR scope. We have a great, again, network of people. You know, I think the whole theme probably of my podcast is network, 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 um, and just putting yourself out there and, and creating an environment where you can be successful. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Networking is, is key, especially for our entrepreneurs. I don't know if you know this, Jessica, but a couple of years ago, I came to visit you in your office. It was around the time where I had just recently quit my job. I was disgruntled at the job and so disgruntled, in fact, that I quit without having another one. So I had a lot of time on my hands. So I came to visit you at your office in San Diego, and I was so impressed by the fact that you were an entrepreneur, you're, you're you know, in, in business for yourself and doing well enough to have an, you know, to have an office in a building. <laughs> and, I, you know, I saw, you know, all the people running around. So I remember going home that day and just thinking, you know what, I think I'm not going to look for another job. I think I'm going to go into business for myself. So, I mean, you're kind of the one of the one of the first inspirations I had to to go into business for myself. So if I've never said thank you before, I'm saying it now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Neil, for sharing that story. I absolutely remember that, and in fact, I remember who introduced us, and that was Heather. Um, so it's yeah, it's amazing what you know. I always take in, in a call or a meeting or coffee or whatever. It's it's just great to hear what people want to do, and, and if, if I can give any tidbits or any, you know, don't fall into that trap or try it this way, you know, I'm more than happy to share what I've learned. Yes, absolutely. Thanks again. So where can people find you and find Little Dog Communications? Absolutely. Probably the easiest way is our website. It's litldog.com. So littledog.com wasn't t- was taken obviously, so we abbreviated it. Um, so littledog.com or Little Dog Communications. I think if you search in that in Google, um, will pop up right away. Okay, excellent. L i t l d o g dot com for anyone out there listening. If you're working at a biotech company, you need some PR help. Jessica Yingling and Little Dog Communications are the people to to look out for. Again, Jessica, thank you so much for, for calling in and being on Neil Thompson Speaks. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. Anytime. Well, everyone, that marks the end of today's episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. Once again, I like Jessica Yingling of Little Dog Communications. You can find her at litldog.com. Again, L-I-L-T. Anyway, Google Little Dog Communications. She's based in San Diego. You need PR help. She's someone that you can look out for. Again, thanks for listening in to Neil Thompson Speaks. Until next time, take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.